Good morning, Spotswood at Lady Smith. Um, never would have thought this would be how we're doing church today, but we need to be reminded today that God is sovereign, He's in control. Kind of reminds me a little bit as we read uh, the New Testament of the first century church that could not gather together at times and had to find different ways of doing that. So, so glad you're here. You should have, if you're on our email distribution list, you should have gotten an email this morning, which had the link for the live YouTube. Also, you can go to Facebook. If not, you can go to our website and click on the Lighthouse uh, logo on the front page and get there as well. So you want to pass that word on to other people. Also, I just want to highlight a couple things in the email this morning. One is this idea of the 21 days of prayers we're going to be talking about, which is our series we're starting today. I don't think it's accident that this is happening today. I believe it's God's sovereign plan, and it's a great opportunity for us to even enhance more and really increase the understanding of our great need to pray and pray for our community. So with that, I want to, you have a list in your email. Again, if you're not getting our emails, make sure you go to uh, emails admin at spotswoodls.org and we'll get you on the email distribution list. But one of the things that we didn't highlight on that was this, pray for protection and unity as our church moves toward autonomy. So as I highlighted the last couple of weeks, uh, we're well on our way to autonomy. The next about six months or so, we'll be completely autonomous, a brand new church, and we'll relaunch and all those things. But pray for us as we go for that. And obviously, pray for the crisis at hand, and we have a list of things that we're encouraging you to pray about. With that, we also attached a PDF of our 21 days of prayer and fasting, and so make sure that you've got one of these. If you don't, you can get it electronically through our email, which you got today. And I just want to highlight this real quick. This is really just a when, what, and how when it comes to the 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is a great guide for you, so please use it each day. There's a reading plan in here. We're starting that tomorrow, and then we'll end on April 5th, which is going to be the Lord's Supper. Lord willing, we'll be gathered together again. We don't know how long this is going to last, but just continue to stay connected through social media and through our outlets and our email and our webpage. We'll be putting more information as we get it. So I do want to go ahead and start with prayer and then get into our series this morning. Father, I just want to thank you so much for the opportunity to come together uh, via live stream with our people. I know they're in their homes or maybe they've gathered uh, at another place to, to watch this. And God, I just pray it'll be a time of encouragement, a time of challenging uh, from the word of God. And God, I just pray that you would stir our hearts. This is not a, a time to panic, uh, not a time to be anxious or worry but God, that we would trust in you. And also, God, that we would look for opportunities in the midst of this to share the eternal hope that we have in your son, Jesus. And God, that we can have uh, peace here on earth that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. So I wanna go ahead and start out with this idea of uh, spiritual disciplines or discipline, because really what I'm gonna do the next three weeks is this idea of prayer and fasting is gonna be a big part of the emphasis of it. But also this idea of overall spiritual disciplines, I wanted to start out this week. So we'll be talking about that this week. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about fasting, which I believe is the hardest spiritual discipline in Scripture. And then the last week, we'll be talking about this idea of prayer and in God's Word is, to me, the most vital spiritual disciplines of all the spiritual disciplines. So we're going to be highlighting this. But I really want to start out with this understanding of discipline. Uh, if, we, if you look at the root word of discipline, it, the Webster says something like this, 
Training to act in accordance with rules or an activity or exercise, a regiment that develops or improves a skill. So when we think about disciplines, it's, it's one of these things we're given, but we have to develop. So it, much like maybe an athlete uh, who, who works out, maybe they were given some God-given ability, or maybe they have muscles, they have bone structure, they have a mind, but they have to develop those things to get better at it. And so this is where one of the areas in Scripture that God really goes back and puts ownership back on us as believers to walk in spiritual disciplines. Uh, the word also kind of comes from the root word of pupil or learner, a learner of knowledge. Um, you know, really discipline, when you look at it, it, if, it, the heart of a disciple or the heart of the word disciple is this idea of discipline. So discipline is at the very heart of discipleship in the New Testament. Uh, when Jesus invited his followers, he says, come and follow me. In fact, in Matthew, not, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 11, 29, he says this, take my yoke upon me and learn from me. This really, this yoke is this idea of a knowledge um, this way of life, uh, as I mentioned last week, this idea of a manifesto almost, that it was a teaching, a lane of a teaching. It was something that was used by, by rabbis uh, quite a bit, and that was the language they used. And also in Luke 9, 23, he says this, he said to all, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow me. Forever, whoever wants to exchange his life for me, what will gain? Well, I'm sorry. What will profit a man if he gains a world yet forfeits his soul? So this idea that daily we have to pick up our cross and follow Jesus—it's really this denial of self, the way that our flesh is bent toward a certain way in our own desires, our human natures. But we have to deny that and pick up the cross and follow Jesus. It's really this idea of sacrifice. This idea of sacrificial living, again, very similar to what we uh, had discussed for several weeks in this idea of the Beatitudes, this upside-down kingdom. But as we talk about this today, I want you to understand, Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, it has to be intentional. You're not going to follow me by accident. And I don't know if you remember when you were a kid and maybe you were with your parents in a supermarket or maybe a, a store or maybe even an amusement park. And maybe you were too cool to hold the hand at that point, but you knew you had to stay focused. You knew what your mom or dad had on. You kind of kept an eye, but or just a moment, maybe you, you turned your head and looked back and you're desperately looking. And so we need to understand that if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to really live for him, it takes spiritual disciplines. It takes work at that. In fact, Hebrews 12, 14 says this, strive for peace with everyone, but, I'm sorry, strive for peace with everyone and for holiness, for the holiness without which no one can see the Lord. In other words, this, he's saying this, for us to see God, we have to have holiness. So pursue this holiness, sanctification, Christ-likeness, God, uh, godliness, without which no one will see the Lord. It's crucial to understand this, though, that our, that our pursuit of holiness does not qualify us to see the Lord. In other words, we understand that we're qualified by the Lord. In, in other words, the finished work of Jesus Christ is what qualifies us to be holy. At the same time, when we're given or when we confess Christ and we're born again, the Bible says that His Spirit comes to our hearts. So if we're in Christ and Christ is in us through his Holy Spirit, that means the Holy Spirit causes new desires. I like to say it like this. The Holy Spirit causes all those who are in him, I'm sorry, in him, 
Let me say that again. I apologize. The Holy Spirit causes all those in whom he resides to have a new holy hunger they did not have before. So the spiritual disciplines are those practices found within Scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So my big idea this morning, you know, we, we throw out a big idea as well as a, a big question. And my big idea is this, at the heart of following Jesus is to be like him. In other words, Christians are minty Christ. They're to, to be like Christ. So at the heart of following Jesus is to be like him. Thus, the practice of spiritual disciplines is the means the Holy Spirit uses to accomplish that goal. So in other words, through the power of the Holy Spirit and by His grace, we're able to have a relationship with Him. But through that, the Spirit of, uh, of the living God begins to urge us and begins to give us new desires and new hungers for spiritual things, these spiritual disciplines. 1 Timothy 4, 7b says this, train yourself for godliness. Well, what does that mean? When you look at the root word, it literally means to exercise. It's the word we get gym or gymnasium from. Now, what's funny about it, when you look at the Greek, it actually means to exercise naked or to vigorously work out. Now, what, what that really uh, transfers into this, think about um, the, Hebrew, the letter of the Hebrew says this, that do not uh, allow yourselves to be entangled in these things that that sin so easily entangles us that we put off those things so we can strive to follow Christ. So it's, it's almost this imagery of think about like a swim, a modern day swimmer in the Olympics where they wear the cap on their head, right? Or they wear a slick suit. And you think, what little could the hair uh, cause to, to, to hold them back or, or do a, a slower time or maybe even just a regular bathing suit? But they know that that's going to hold them back. It's going to restrict them. So what we're saying here and what the scriptures are saying here is that we need to strive within our power to do everything to follow Christ. Uh, I think about it like this. There's a great coach named Tom Landry, I think one of the best of all time. He used to coach the Dallas Cowboys. And it says he said this, the job of a football coach is to make men do what they don't want to do in order to achieve what they've always wanted to be. So when the Holy Spirit comes in us, it, it, it spurs us to live a life for Jesus that we maybe initially didn't want because of our flesh, but now we have these new desires, a new hunger that we want to live for him. And now he gives us the ability to do that through his power. You know, um, I think one of the things as we talk, talk about, um, I'm sorry, as we talk about spiritual disciplines, it's really important to understand that we live in a world that's very distracted. I think I have to even fight at times against this desperately because we live in a world where everything's done with computers and smartphones and all these interactions that are sometimes, even today, we're, we're having to, to meet via video where it, things can get distracted, right? You get on your computer to go do work and, and something comes up in an email and you're supposed to be working on this and you get distracted or, or a phone and somebody gives you a feed or sends you a picture or gives you a like and, and you get distracted. Well, I don't think it's a whole lot different than the first century church. In fact, let me read you an example of this. This is found in Luke 10. And this is the story of uh, Martha and Mary. And I think we need to be careful that we don't fall into these traps about busyness or distractions. 
Um, found in Luke 10, verses 38, says this, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teachings. But Martha was distracted with, with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. You know, I think that's a reminder to all of us, but especially those who are really um, A-type personalities driven. I put myself in that category. I really focus sometimes on the things that are are not really the eternal things, that the things are kind of surface, but I think are important uh, when it comes to maybe church or, or ministry or even family and life. And so sometimes we can get caught up in the busyness of doing, checking off lists and tasks that we miss the most important thing. So as we talk about these this morning, I want us to keep that in mind that we need to be careful that we're not distracted, that we stay focused and really, if you will, discipline ourselves, as what the scriptures say, to these spiritual disciplines to discipline ourselves, to train. And just like an athlete would be for the Olympics or a runner or a swimmer, that we don't get tangled up in things that weigh us down and pull us down. I want to remind you, too, that we are compelled by the presence of the Holy Spirit to pursue holiness, sanctification, and godliness. Holiness is not an option for those who claim to be children of the Holy One. So neither are the means of holiness, that is the spiritual uh, disciplines, are an option. So as a believer, this is not optional for us. We have to begin to discipline ourselves in spiritual things. Discipline also uh, rewards us with freedom. So I think many times we think about discipline in a negative sense. We think about how, oh, this is dutiful and this is... Uh, burdensome and all these things, but understanding when when we begin to walk in these things, God really gives us a freedom. Uh, the freedom of godliness is the freedom to do what God's called us through His Scriptures to do, and the freedom to express the character qualities of Christ through our own personalities. In other words, don't be someone who God hasn't called you to be. Be the person that God's called you to be but through living for Christ and practicing these spiritual disciplines. So it's kind of like I think about like my dog, uh, who's a chocolate lab. And my dog has all the freedom he needs within the boundaries of my yard. He can do just about anything he wants. The danger is when he goes outside those boundaries. And so he has great freedom within that yard to do all kinds of neat things. And we have certain boundaries that God's put around our lives and to restrict us, but it's not to take away joy. It's actually add to our joy and to give us freedom. So I want to highlight a couple of things about spiritual disciplines, aspects of spiritual disciplines that are really important. Uh, one is spiritual disciplines that the Bible teaches or prescribes are both personal and interpersonal, or if you will, congregational. So what I mean by that, when we talk about the spiritual disciplines in just a few minutes, one, that is for us to practice personally, but also to practice within congregational, interpersonal, and you'll see some of those. Now, some are very strictly just for us, but some are also for interpersonal um, aspects. Also, spiritual disciplines are activities, not attitudes. In other words, 
This is something that requires our action. It's not just a mindset. So it's, it's something that we have to put into action. Also, spiritual disciplines are practices that are taught or modeled in the Bible and, and primarily by Christ as we see him in the Gospels. So these are not just things that we randomly pick or whatever we want to do. In fact, we'll, we'll talk about maybe there are certain activities that you can do in life that may help you within some of these practices, but we don't just randomly pick things and say that's a practice or a spiritual discipline. Also, spiritual disciplines are found in Scripture, and those that are found in Scripture are sufficient for knowing and experiencing God and growing in Christ-likeness. In other words, uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 says that God's Word is able to do all these things to teach us, to build us up, to correct us, and train, a, train us in righteousness. Um, also, spiritual disciplines are derived from the gospel, not separate from it. In other words, we're saved by grace, and these spiritual disciplines are by grace. So it's both saved by grace, but disciplined in grace. So these spiritual disciplines are through the gospel. And also, spiritual disciplines are a means, not an end. In other words, it's all about our relationship with Jesus. And by the way, uh, many of these things I picked up from a great book called Spiritual Disciplines uh, by Don Whitley. And, and it's a great book. He's, he wrote it years ago, but it's an updated version. So I encourage you, if you have time, to pick it up. It's a great read. And, you know, what we see in Scripture primarily is God uses three things typically to change us as human beings. One is he, he uses uh, people, right? He, he uses other people to kind of shape us and, and sharpen us. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. The other thing is circumstances. In fact, uh, during this whole time, we're going to be going through this situation with COVID-19. God may be using these things that are hardships to begin to shape us and to begin maybe to refine us and sanctify us. And then ultimately, God uses the gospel and the spiritual disciplines uh, to shape us and to change us. So these, these are how things got, this is how God works in our life to change us. So let's talk about some of these spiritual disciplines. I think the, the foremost one is this idea of Bible, Bible reading, Bible intake, Bible studying. So this idea that we're getting into the Word of God. Back in 2 Timothy 3, as I mentioned earlier, it says all Scripture is breathed out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness or in holiness, that the man of God may be complete equipped with every good work. And also in, in Romans 10, 17, it says this, so faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. If you wanna increase your faith, guess what? Get into the word of God. It will help you in your walk with the Lord. Also, prayer. You know, every um, the blood of every relationship is communication, right? So communication is, is two-way. God speaks to us through prayer, but we get to speak to him. I'm sorry, he speaks to us through his word, and we get to speak to him through prayer. So it's this idea, as Ephesians 6, 8, uh, 18 says this, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So in other words, we should have an attitude of prayer throughout the day. And we're, right, we're going down the road, somebody cuts us off, we need to begin to pray. Uh, we're, we're thinking about people as we travel or maybe in the office. You know, I believe God puts people in your heart all the time. And it's not just to think about them, but it's to stop and pray. 
I know many times God will wake me up in the middle of the night or wake me up very early in the morning, and he, the first thing I think about is I need to be praying for someone or something because I believe that's what God does and how he works. So it's this attitude of prayer. So both this two, two-way communication in God's word, but also communicating back. And we'll be talking about that quite a bit when we get to Bible um, study and prayer, because what's one of the most powerful things is this idea of praying scripture uh, back to the Father. Also, this idea of worship. So another spiritual discipline is worship. Romans 12, 1 and 2. So again, these are things that are personal, but also interpersonal. So we need to be reading God's word on our own, but we also need to be teaching God's word at our churches, right? In our Bible studies, in our community groups, and other places. We need to pray privately, personally, but we also need to pray interpersonally, corporately, um, congregationally. So these are things as well as worship. We need to have private worship, but we also need to have congregational worship. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says this, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by the testing you may discern what the will of God is, what good and acceptable and perfect will. So listen, this is something that happens over time. It's not something that happens overnight. Um, I think about uh, as an athlete and the times I had to work out. Now, um, you know, I've, there's been times where I've been in really good shape physically, and there's been times where I haven't been in great shape physically. Now, I know the basics of what it means to stay in shape or to physically stay healthy. You got to have uh, healthy nutrition, right? You you got to take care of your gut. Your gut, if you keep that uh, good and healthy, it's going to take care of your body. Well, physical activity, you've, you've got to work out. In fact, I've got um, some, I brought some today. Uh, one of the things I like to do is kettlebell. So we have a, ugh, a kettlebell right here. All right, this is 55 pounds. I use this to swing with, but it's not the thing that I started with first. Some of you might have to start with one of these. Okay, this is a 10-pound weight, a lot easier. And, and so over time, you begin to build up your strength spiritually, and you begin to grow uh, in your faith. And so you begin to see and identify things that you couldn't see and identify before where God begins to strengthen you. So this idea of worship is this idea that you begin to slowly surrender and give more to your life, uh, more of your life over to Christ. And God wants every area and aspect. In fact, today we're, we're in Pete Stover's studio. And I, I want to say a shout out to him. Thank him for doing this live stream. But this, this place is a house and part of it's a studio. But think about your, your, yourself being a house. God wants every nook and cranny of that house. He, he wants to be a part and he wants to saturate your life uh, with himself and through the power of his Holy Spirit. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about worship. Also, this idea of evangelism or, or witnessing is a spiritual discipline. First uh, Peter 3.15 says this, But in your hearts honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who has asked you a reason for the hope that is within you. Yet do it with a gentleness and respect. You know, when we talk about the Lord, it should always be done with grace and truth, right? Um, and, and, and really, it's this idea of just daily beginning to share your faith. And just, it's this natural 
aspect of it. I know when I interact with a lot of people at school, uh, at the schools that we serve or different things, you know, I think sometimes we kind of want to tailor. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to mention prayer or, or, or talking to Jesus or, or reading our Bible. But you know what? That should be a natural part of that. And what's going to happen is there's going to be a curiosity as they see your life. You're going to want to begin to share the good news of Jesus don't be ashamed of the gospel and what God has done in your life. This also is this idea of serving. That's another spiritual discipline. Galatians 5.13 says this, You were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now, I want to share with you, during this COVID-19 crisis, we have an incredible opportunity to serve. Let me, let me share with you what's happening. I mean, the last couple of days have just been scrambling. We've been, uh, elders and I have really been talking since last Tuesday about what to do. We had already made a decision uh, to cancel even before we got the word from the school to cancel because we just felt like it was a responsible thing to do. But now what's happened is in our county, in Caroline County, more than half the kids uh, need some type of food assistance. And so they would get breakfast and lunch there. Well, now they're not going to school for the next couple of weeks at least, the minimum, that means they need to find a way to get these lunches and breakfasts, these foods, to uh, the families and specifically to the kids, 18 and under. So guess what? We've told them we'll try to do everything we can to partner. And so what they've told us is we're probably going to need at least 36 people. Um, we're going to do 18 days, school days in a row, and we're going to have at least two volunteers at these different locations. So we want there will be several locations, and some of those people may be stationary, but we also probably need more people to maybe do running. Uh, we'll need some big coolers if you have them. So we're going to get an opportunity in the middle of this crisis to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be the salt and light. What an incredible opportunity. So you get the opportunity to practice the spiritual discipline of serving the next 18 days. That will actually start this Tuesday. So look for an email, look at something on our social media sites for our opportunity to sign up and serve. Also is this idea of stewardship. And so we talk about stewardship. I know a lot of people want to talk about just money, but stewardship is so much bigger than that. It's really about your time. It's about your temple. It's about your tithe or your financial, but even more about your resources. I believe, again, to give another shout out to Pete today, he's using these resources that he has for us to be able to uh, practice the gospel and to share the good news of others um, through his equipment and the talent that he has. So this is an opportunity of a good stewardship. In other words, we need to use every bit of our influence and the things that we have in life to promote God's kingdom and to promote the gospel any way we can, short of sin, to help others know about Jesus. The other uh, spiritual uh, discipline is this idea of fasting. We've talked about this before and, and preached on it, but fasting is, is one of these things that I believe, again, it's, it's, it's not easy but uh, that God's going to help you that we, you probably picked, many of you picked them up last week. You've got them in your inbox and your email, electronic copy. And we're going to try to get you other copies, uh, physical copies of that too, through, maybe through mail. But it's this idea of going without something for a season to only um, increase your desire for the most important thing, which is your relationship with, your, with the Lord. So some can do without food. 
or maybe a type of food, or maybe a, a meal or so, or maybe consecutive days without meals, or maybe you're going to do without something like social media, or maybe uh, your phone, or maybe uh, sweets. I know one of my daughters tried to uh, go without uh, chocolate last Lent. Did not work out so good for her. So if you're, you're doing something, make sure it's something that you, you believe with, with God's power and strength, you can, you can do it. But um, it's this idea of going without. In fact, Acts 4, 14, uh, 23 says this, And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, listen, with praying or prayer and fasting, they committed themselves to the Lord in whom they had believed. So there's a, a great example. There's things that are important decisions we need to pray and fast over. And then in Matthew 6.16, remember what Jesus' words here. It, it doesn't say, if you fast. Listen, he says, when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces and their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. In other words, it was all about a show to them. But he says, not if you fast, but when you fast. So there's an expectation of prayer and fasting as followers, um, as disciples. Also, the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. Now, this is one of the things that is, again, is demonstrated, it's described, it's not necessarily written out, but we see over and over in the Gospels, Jesus went away. Now listen what it says here in Mark 1, 35. It says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. So Jesus practiced this idea of silence and solitude. Now for me, one of the ways for me to do this is to, to go out in the woods and walk or maybe climb up in a tree stand. Now, it's not the actual idea of hunting that's a spiritual discipline. It's the silence and solitude that I get while I'm there. Maybe some of you like to do it by taking a walk on the beach or, or maybe um, going to a cabin uh, for a long weekend or, or maybe uh, some of you may get, on a, get in a kayak and, and paddle down the river. But there's opportunities for us to get away with silence and solitude. One of the things my family loves to do is sometimes on the weekends, early in the morning, I'll get up before the sun comes up and I'll start a campfire outside. And I know for me, that's a great opportunity of silence and solitude. Other thing is this idea of accountability. James 5, 16 says this, to confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. I believe one of the greatest opportunities for us to grow in our faith is this idea of accountability. I did not understand this at all growing up. Didn't learn it until I was in my mid to early 20s. And it was just powerful because when I began to open my life up to other men and began to tell them my struggles and the things that I was dealing with, all of a sudden now I understand I was not alone. I was not by myself. God gave me godly friends that spurred me toward love and good deeds. And I began to grow in that the more I opened up with that. And I think accountability is huge. In the end, we can be forgiven by God. But our, for our sins, for our wounds to be healed, we need to confess them one to another. And in fact, a little variation within this is this idea of journaling. I know it's not strictly written out in Scripture, but I think that kind of goes with accountability a little bit. Um, accountability is kind of, again, it can be in a steward of your time. I began to, I've, I've journaled for several years now, scripture, but I began recently to do this thing called bullet journaling, where I'm actually keeping a record of what I do throughout the week 
and my days, and there's blocks of time that I want to make sure that I'm giving to the Lord, to my, to the, my family, uh, to the things that are spiritual disciplines in my life. So I'm both disciplined my body, soul, and spirit. And so those are things that almost is like a discipline within a discipline. And then this other idea of learning. It's a spiritual discipline. I, I think of humility, a teachable spirit uh, we talk about many times. But Proverbs 1, 7 says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So this idea of understanding we will never arrive. We all need, always need to be teachable before the Lord. We need to be humble. Uh, we need to have an attitude of meekness. So understanding that God is always about teaching us and growing us and stretching us. So this is really important when we talk about spiritual disciplines. Now, I want to I give a little warning here at the end as we talk about spiritual disciplines. The danger of not pursuing spiritual disciplines. Let me, let me read a verse to you. And this verse has stuck out to me for years. It's Proverbs 5, 21 through 23. And it says this, For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord. And he ponders all his paths. In other words, God is outside time. He's created us. He sees both. He is both seen the the past, the present, and he's still he is in the future. He's in all these places at the same time, and and he sees our lives right. And the the Bible describes we're but a vapor, right? We're we're but a flower that buds here and is gone tomorrow. But listen, it says the iniquities or the sins of a wicked man ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cords of a sin. I think about this uh, like a web, right? I don't know if you've ever seen a spotter and it, a fly or a bug gets in it and begins to, it, 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 it kind of jiggles the web and, and all of a sudden the, the spotter goes into action and begins to wrap him up and begins to um, constrain him. And this is that picture of constrained by the things. But listen, it says, he dies for lack of discipline because of his great folly. He is folly his lad astray. So I, I really believe what God is saying in this scripture is this, when we're going to follow Jesus, there has to be spiritual disciplines in our life. We have to become disciplined in how we live our lives. In other words, that's saying yes to certain things and no to other things. It's spending more time here and maybe either little time or no time somewhere else. And so what I mean by that too is I, I want to be careful when I say that because some who fall into practice of discipline, disregarding those spiritual disciplines, it's because they don't have an appetite for spiritual things. And so the danger is to assume that we pray to prayer or we're a member of a church that somehow we're saved, but the scriptures make it very clear again, if you have no appetite for spiritual things and hunger for spiritual things, the scriptures actually asked to say, you need to test to see if you're in the faith. In other words, if you're continuing to live a lifestyle apart from God and there's no signs of new life, then we need to check ourselves to see, are we really in the faith? And so I want to say that, that again, these spiritual disciplines don't save us. They, they, don't, they don't make us holy in a sense of righteousness before God in that sense. In other words, justified before God. It's only through the power of the Holy Spirit but if you have this desire to follow God, follow God, we need to be disciplined in these practices. And so I want to leave you with this big question this morning, and this is it. In what areas does the Holy Spirit want you to be more spiritually disciplined? 
Uh, none of us have arrived, remember, right? When we read this list and, and talk about spiritual disciplines, we all can say, wow, I could do better in here and I could do better here. And, and even times where maybe days or weeks or months, we, we seem to be doing good in this area, but this area. Again, we're saved by grace, but we're also disciplined by those same graces. And so understanding that God wants to always take us to a, another level in the sense of intimacy and growing in these spiritual disciplines. So as we walk toward him, we become more like Jesus. Well, listen, I want to pray for us as we go today. I hope that you have a great morning. I hope you're able to spend time with your, your friends and family today. But listen, I want as we go through these 21 days of prayer, please remember to maybe ask God, how can you pray in a more intimate way, a more disciplined way, and also consider fasting for these same things. Go through that, God, as we start tomorrow and consider what God may have you do. And listen, I believe God is up to something big. I look around and I look at these situations, what's going on. I, I, there is some concern, but more excitement because I believe in the midst of, you think about great crises in our world or maybe even in localities, what happens is it gives the church an opportunity to literally be the church. Would you be the church this week? And no matter what happens with our services going forward, we'll be able to somehow gather together remotely or maybe through our community groups on Facebook down the road. But listen, go and be the church. And don't forget to be looking for emails this week to see how you may be able to serve and sign up and be the hands and feet of Jesus in the middle of this situation so we can proclaim the good news of God's kingdom. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for our day. Thank you for your word. Thank you again for the opportunity to talk about your word with our people online. God, I pray that through this situation, we'll become a greater engagement uh, through people, through social media, through um, our online presence. And God, that you will allow us to physically and maybe uh, steward-wise help our community in such a way, God, that they'll see there's something different. Not, in, not about us, but about you, Jesus. God, do the work that you can only do and to change hearts and minds eternally. In Jesus' name, amen.